Xamarek, the box officer. How are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. And you know what that means. That means food indulgence and food porn, let's call it, because... <laughs> And the problem is, is you've got to make room for all that food, you know? So oh, yeah. I think there's a few movies that we can talk about, Mel, that will actually make you really hungry to be able to put down Aunt Gertrude's, you know, pecan <laughs> pie that you always hated. <laughs> I can't wait to see which ones you've picked. I started to think about it. Food movies. Why aren't there more movies about food? Well, the thing is that. Actors do not want to have food in their mouth because they're supposed to look beautiful, right? They don't chew, nor do you see, nor do you ever see people going to the bathroom, right? Very rarely, you know. You know what? That just makes perfect sense now that I think about it. Hello, you know the two essentials in life you never see in movies. You know, I mean, you do see it rarely, but you know, let's let's you know, let's be honest, people here. I love it. Okay, so what's the first one you picked for us? Okay, the first one is actually a foreign film called. Tempopo from Japan from 1985. Now, this is a Western comedy, okay? Now, that sounds a little funny, it having does. a Western in Japan, right? But one guy, he thinks he's a cowboy, he lives in Japan. They're two truck drivers, and they stop at this small ramen shop, okay? Mm -hmm. And uh, they decide they're going to stick around for a while to help them make the best ramen in the world. And let me tell you, Mel, when the weather's cold like it is now, mm. getting chilly out, there's nothing better than a hot bowl of ramen. And let me tell you, this movie will make you hungry and desire for that ramen. And this is a little erotic, too. There's some really hot scenes in there that will really? even get you, you going even more. So that oh. is called... Tim Popo. It's a Japanese comedy. Actually, one of the, the most acclaimed Japanese uh, comedy films of all times. Now, uh, it is playing right now on Apple TV. Uh, you can rent it. It's definitely worth a watch. It's just fun. You know, I don't do a lot of subtitled films, but this one is definitely worth it because the food tells the story most of the time. <laughs> them preparing it and making you hungry, and then the people slurp in their soup. Because in Japan, it's it, if you're not slurping your soup, Slurping, I should say. Yeah. I feel like Elmer Fudd here for a minute there. <laughs> uh, when you're actually slurping your soup, that is actually telling the chef that you do appreciate it, and it's very good. So very opposite of here in the United States. So Tempopo, great right. film, and make you want that ramen today. I do. Okay. Stop so it already, Derek. Stop it. <laughs> The next one is everybody has seen. I mean, I, I'm probably everybody. And that is Ratatouille, yes. a Pixar film rated G about Remy, who's a, who's a rat who dreams of being a chef and moves to Paris because that's where you got to go if you want to be a world you know, renowned chef, right? <laughs> well, he befriends a gentleman named Luigi, who's kind of a quirky little chef that's kind of messing up all the time. But when Remy gets into his hat and be able to control his recipes, magic is made. And yes, this is an animated film, but the food that they make will make you hungry to make you more room for your Thanksgiving dinner. So. Oh, it was so cute. Okay, I wish that we were actually in studio because I wrote down <laughs> the only three movies that I could think of that were food-related, and Ratatouille's on the top of the list. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> great, great movie, and I didn't know that I was going to like the concept of a rodent cooking. 
you know, a rodent in <laughs> yeah. the kitchen. You're kind of like, oh, really? But it was super, super adorable. I, yeah, I definitely want to really watch was. Ratatouille again. Yeah, that that is a fun film. I bet this one is on your list also, Mel. Okay. Chef. Yes, it is. It's number two. Yes. <laughs> Now, this was an adoring film in 2014. It's a comedy, uh, and a chef named Carl, who's actually John Favreau, he is just pressured and pressured by the restaurant owner, who's played by Dustin Hoffman, to keep doing better and better, and they got food critics and all these people, and he's just fed up, and he's, you know, you know one of the best chefs around in Los Angeles, and he gives it up, and he opens up his own food truck, and he heads across country with his son. So it's a very good father-son bonding movie. Uh, Sofia Vergara is his girlfriend, and uh, Legazamo is actually one of his best friends. And they open up a food truck. They go to Miami, come cross country. And let me tell you, they make some of the best Cuban food. And that Cuban sandwich, you're just like, ooh, give me some of that food now. Oh, it's such a great movie. Yeah, and the thing is, is you know, this came out when food trucks were just starting to hit the market, so they they were kind of ahead of the times of the the, the big explosion that we've had with food trucks. I mean, before the pandemic, you could go to food truck, you know, alleys and all this kind of stuff. So they were a little ahead of their time. And I remember when this played at at, at our theater, it was so popular. <laughs> People absolutely loved it. The restaurants around us said, what are you playing? Because everyone's coming to eat after the movie, <laughs> you know? And we never took this movie off for 22 weeks. It actually came out on DVD. Then it became Oscar time. So it started getting a little bit of buzz at the Golden Globe. And they, the studio sent a letter saying that they're going to re-release the movie into theaters. And I wrote back and I said, it's never left us. And they go, yeah, we know. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a movie that just will really make you hungry. So if you've got to make room for that Thanksgiving dinner, make sure you watch uh, Chef because it will make you hungry for oh, sure. That's such a great okay. idea. What a great idea. Yeah. I love that. So I want to know I want to know what your third one is. Uh, Big Night? No, it's Chocolate. Chocolate. Okay, yeah, Chocolate. yeah, that's a good one. That yeah. was that was one that I was I was toying with, okay? Let's talk a little bit quickly here okay. about some food scenes, you know, because like I said, a lot of people don't like to have the food in their mouth. And mm-hmm. then, and it's hard, too, for the continuity. If the plate is, they take a bite of something, sure. and they go to a master shot, and the food's gone, and then all of a sudden they shoot it, you know, out of order, which most of, you know, films are done, and then all of a sudden the continuity's tough. So that's why they kind of stay away from food. Mm-hmm. But here's a couple of food scenes that will also make you make you hungry. Uh, one of them, I think, Mel, you will, you will agree on this one, is Lady and the Tramp from 1955. If you want romance and you want spaghetti, you got to watch Lady and the Tramp. Let me tell you. It's so, so good. It is so cute when they share that string of spaghetti and the little kiss for the first time. It's like, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a romantic one. Now, let's go a little more romantic and a little more exotic, and that would be nine and a half weeks in 1986, okay? You've seen this one, right? Oh, no? yeah. <laughs> okay, good, oh, good. Yeah. With, <laughs> where two strangers meet, and that's Mickey Rourke and Kim Basinger, and they just have, you know, <clears throat> a lot of fun with oh, food yeah. and... Mm-hmm. A little erotic, eroticism, I should say. And they're, the hottest scene that I'm picking for the food is actually the refrigerator scene yes! when they start pulling out the food exactly. and start sharing it, let's say. So <laughs> we went from G all the way to really hard R right there now, let me tell you. At least you haven't gone <laughs> into NC-17 world yet. <laughs> no, no, not yet. But here's another one with the food because people think of food. We're not talking about how you consume the food. This is a scene in a movie that has food and 
that would be from National Lampoon's Rated R from 1978, and that would be the food fight scene with John Belushi as he actually puts some rice in his mouth, and he says, what am I? And he squishes his cheeks together and squirts all over his friend. He says, I am a zit. And the food fight begins. So <laughs> those are my food recommendations, as bizarre and outlandish as they are. You got to love it. So <laughs> I do. I love every single minute of it. I was really wondering what, you know, what you were going to pick. And I'm super happy that we were that close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On the guesses. That's super cool. Well, that's good. I did actually just got a message from one of our podcast listeners who has a question. Um, nice. I know. Nice. Okay. So Stuart listens from San Diego. And he listened to the interview that we did with Jim Cummings. I posted that under In Case You Missed It. And he said he really, really enjoyed it so much. But he wonders how voice actors feel when regular actors take over really big voicing jobs. He cited Vin Diesel, got to voice Groot. Right, um, right. So when I was like, well, let me ask Derek about that. We may have to wait until we interview another voiceover actor, but you just seem to know everything. So I thought yeah, since well, that question just came in, we have to talk about it. Well, yeah. Well, thank you, Stuart, for the question. I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I have a lot of voiceover actor friends who, are, you know, make their career just in voiceover. Mm -hmm. And it is difficult for them um, because, you know, the studios want to make money, so they want to put Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie or the hottest thing, The Rock, you know, into the movies to try to sell it. But you know what? Times are changing, mm -hmm. you know? People are not going, well, can't go to movies right now, but right. even before then there was a swing of things where people were not going to the movies because it's a, you know, <clears throat> Tom Cruise movie anymore. It was mm -hmm. going, I'm going to the movie because I want to see this movie or I want to see a great story. And I think you're going to start seeing a change because, one, I mean, if you get somebody like The Rock, you get a, you know several millions of dollars to voice something. Right. You can get somebody else for easily, you know, <laughs> a fraction <laughs> of that, and they would be very happy. And I think that's the thing is that it is hard on them. Um, but it's a reality at this point that they realize that the business is the business and if the studios are going to dish out the big money and, and want to go theatrically, they, they'll do that. So, yeah. yeah. I thought the same thing, honestly, as a jock, because as a radio personality, getting a national voiceover ad for a car company or something like that right. is like the gold medal of what you can do in voiceover work. And I remember complaining when actors started voicing commercials, not just starring in them, but voicing them. I'm just like, dang right. it, there goes another client I'm never going to get. So right. I know it's yeah. a much smaller scale than the actual voiceover actors, but, but I get it. I get a little bit of frustration, but also, well, that's kind of cool that they had that much money to spend. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing is like, you know, at the voiceover Hall of Fame, I, you know, talked to Noel Blank, who's Mel Blank's son, and he said his dad never made over $750 in doing a cartoon what? a week. He made, it, he made more of his money on his studio that were producing commercials syndicated around the, around the United States oh. and the world. He one time that Casey Kasem came in to make a Dairy Queen commercial, okay. and he looked at the contract and he was getting twenty five thousand dollars. And Mel had never made that much money, and it said he could make a maximum of five hundred thousand dollars in syndication. Oh my God! For one commercial, that was Casey Kasem, and here, you know, Mel Blank, who did 
thousands of cartoons had never seen that type of money. So it is it is a great question, Stuart. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Well, good. All right. We got our first <laughs> podcast question. I get, I'm get i all geeked <laughs> up about that, honestly. <laughs> Why don't we have people send in where they were born, and we'll pick movies that were actually from their hometowns. Because I have one. Brilliant. <laughs> okay, there you go. The official call. Tell us your hometown. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll find a movie that was somewhere around there. <laughs> oh, that is such a great idea. If you can't find a way to comment, I should make a box officer podcast email is what we should do. Right. Okay. So until we make a specific email address just for the box officer podcast, you can send your questions to Mel McKay on air at gmail.com. Well, Derek, thank you so much for your time. Happy Thanksgiving. It's always yeah. good to chat with you. Thank you very much. And everyone have a great Thanksgiving, but don't eat too much. <laughs> <laughs>